So I did watch the uh, State of the Union speech by Trump tonight. I wanted to share a few thoughts. There were things going on that may be somewhat obscure to the average person, and I wanted to sort of point out the language that was used and why. So the overall theme of the speech was unity. America, we're in it together. We're all part of the same team, the same family. He was layering it on really thick. Now, the purpose of that, of course, is to attempt to sew up some of the bitter tears and tears ripped into the fabric of American society by relentless, sawtooth identity politics designed to rip people apart, rip cultures apart, rip families apart, rip men and women and races and everyone apart and set them against each other for the sake of divide and conquer. If you can set people at each other's throats for long enough, they then beg for a central dictatorship or authority to take over the country. So this is sort of the the purpose. And so this speech was very much a counter to the endless embittering identity politics that the left, that academia, that Hollywood, that the mainstream media and so on have been cursing the unity of Western life and American life as a whole. Now, of course, a lot of people who are against Trump or certainly not Trump supporters watch the State of the Union just out of curiosity. And what's amazing to me is that Trump really focused, of course, as one would expect, on his list of accomplishments, on on jobs, uh, on, on um, um, tax relief, on like a wide variety of things. And for a lot of people, this really, if they consume the mainstream media, this is the first time they've probably heard about any of these accomplishments. It's kind of dizzying for people. And it really is astonishing. So when he talks about all of the companies that are giving their tax breaks back to their employees, uh, when he talks about the companies who are investing tens of billions of dollars uh, into the American economy, jobs are coming back and so on. Well, they've been told, of course, forever that jobs left the United States because there are lower wages elsewhere. Now, if taxes get cut and those jobs come back to America, that puts a kind of stake through the vampire heart of that theory, that it turns out that it was way too high corporate taxes, way too excessive regulation uh, that caused these jobs to leave America. And so again, the more that people get counter information to the relentless propaganda, uh, the better. So they actually are hearing a list of accomplishments. Now, that may cause them to reevaluate Trump. That has some value, but the most important value is when they hear these lists of accomplishments, there'll be a bunch of fact checkers, and I'm sure it'll all check out. This would have been a very carefully vetted speech. But what's going to happen is when they see a list of accomplishments, and there are very few human souls that are so corrupt that they don't want to have a glimmer of hope uh, of a country turning around and, and heading in the right direction, the relationship that it's most important for these people to reevaluate to become skeptical was not their relationship with Trump, but their relationship to the mainstream media. They've been fed a nonstop diet of panic mongering, of fear mongering, of Russian collusion, of you name it. Uh, and here they're actually hearing and seeing a list of Trump's accomplishments, his administration's accomplishments, which they will not have heard from the mainstream media. Hopefully that puts a crack in the biodome of propaganda that is being built Darth Helmet style around the American voters brain and they get a view of that. Now, 
The speech was good. It was solid. You know, it's not the kind of speech that I would write or that I would give, which is why I'm here and not there, I'm sure, which is a good thing, I think, for everyone. I mean, it was a lot of platitudes, but it's natural, right? You're speaking to a population that has the sometimes the ling linguistic capacity of the old Simon electronic game because they've been dumbed down by government schools, by a lot of social media, short attention span stuff. I mean, you can always tell. You look at the comments below. You can always tell the people who read books and the people who don't because when you read a lot of books, sentences just kind of look and feel wrong. And if you don't read a lot of books, then you just type and it looks fine. So you are, and you can see, Chris Hedges, I think, has talked about this, how the complexity of presidential language has had to decline, you know, year after year, decade after decade. And so it is a challenge. You have to put across some big ideas to an audience that uh, has not been served well, let's just say, by the current educational and cultural climate. But it was a good, solid speech, but it was only made great by the constant cuts of the sour, negative, sucking on a fart full of lemon juice faces of the Democrats. My God above, were they ever miserable to be there, sour and negative. And there were a couple of, you know, where they were, um, the, the one that really stood out for me was when Trump was talking about the lowest black unemployment rates in American history. And they cut to the black caucus who sat there not applauding, not cheering, not standing up, sour, glum, looking down, looking aside. By God, if that doesn't cause a reevaluation, not just of the black community's relationship to their political leaders who seem to want to encapsulate them cyst-like into the democratic plantation until the end of time, hopefully everybody looks at that and say, well, shouldn't that be something that should be cheered? I cheer it. I think it's fantastic. What a great thing for the black family. What a great thing for the black workers. And the sourness and the negativity was in many ways the light, the shine, the polish on the speech. Because by being relentlessly optimistic, by uh, being relentlessly uniting and talking about a common goal and a common vision, the sourness and negativity and divisiveness of the Democrats became enormously clear. And you can't really miss that. And it really, to me, highlighted the fact that the Democrats are a team that are in it for themselves, that are in it for power. And they are resentful of success. And of course, you know, when Trump talks about cutting taxes, what the Democrats see is, well, there's less money in the kitty for us to steal and hand out to special interests in return for votes. We're running out of bribe money because that bastard over there, the orange son of a gun, is lowering taxes. So we have less bribe money through which to achieve political power. You know, some people want to set you free and uh, other people want to give you free stuff. And the two really are at opposite ends of the moral and the political spectrum. So the fact that the uh, Democrats were negative on tax cuts, uh, that they were negative on the data about illegal immigrant crime, and also that they were negative on Trump's amnesty plan, which is sort of a slow walk, 12 years and blah, blah, blah. Although there is this fantasy that somehow courts are going to evaluate the moral character of millions of illegal immigrants. But um, it's two to three times, right, what Trump offers, 1.8 million or so, it's two to three times what was contemplated under Obama's uh, DACA executive order, not legal amnesty. And the fact that the Democrats were sour over two to three times what President Obama uh, wanted and, and got enacted means that there's no upper limit. And that should be really, really clear to everyone. There's no upward limit. Now they're talking about 
well, Jorge Ramos was talking about, well, what about the 12 million? And of course, everyone knows it's way more than 12 million. As Ann Coulter's talked about, it's probably two, two and a half times that, you know, 20, 30 million. There's no upward limit. And those 20 or 30 million can each bring in, you know, five or seven or eight family members. I mean, it's there's no upward limit. They want everyone in the world to move there because that will cement their political power for uh, an eternity, right? You bring people in from the third world, they're going to vote for the Democrats um, because the Democrats can't convince you of a good argument, so they're going to import people to vote uh, over your particular preferences. More Americans these days want no immigration at all, like a complete stop to immigration than want any current system to continue. And that's very, very important. The same thing in Europe. People just desperate to stop this mad flow of immigration, this unbelievable, virtually irreversible social experiment on how everyone's going to live together without a common language, culture, history, structure, religion, you name it. Nobody has a plan for that. And of course, the Democrats hate diversity because anytime you go to a university, particularly in the arts section, uh, and and uh, you're just going to see nothing but Democrats. And it's, it's relentless. And you try and be a Republican and make it in the movie industry. So I think the fact that they continued to boo a massive expansion in amnesty for the DACA recipients and others means that there's no upward limit. That should be clear, that they're not into any kind of reasonable. And I, I think Trump knows that, in my, my particular opinion, that he's dangling all of this stuff, knowing that the Democrats are going to fight it tooth and nail. And then he's going to say, well, I gave them three times what, two to three times what Obama wanted. They didn't want it. So clearly they can't be reasoned with, they can't be negotiated with. And then he'll do something quite quite different. And I mean, to me, that's the goal. Like I, I've done a fair amount of outreach to the left lately, because there are honorable, wise, decent people on the left. I know that for some of us, you know, you're looking across that landscape, and it's like a human wasteland of uh, propagandized nuclear shadows of former brains. But it's not true. There are wise and smart and compassionate people on the left. The, the anti-war people, the people who genuinely care about the poor and don't understand how much the free market will help them. And the goal for me, I just will tell you, and I don't know if this was part of what Trump's goal was, but the goal is very simple. The goal is to peel as many of the same Democrats away from the Democrat Party as humanly possible. Peel as many people away from the left as humanly possible who are open to any kind of reasoned argument, any kind of evidence, any kind of passion for compassion that drives a lot of that kind of thinking. Peel them all away. And then who's left? Who's left? Well, hardcore crazies. Hard, and, and the more you peel away the sane lefties and, and bring them to more reason, the more are going to flee the remaining crazier and crazier lefties by comparison. So it may not be a huge chance, but I think it's pretty much the only one that remains in the West. And we need to show these rabid and rampant ideologues out for who they are so that we can forget the idea of compromise and return to the passion of principle that founded our great civilization to begin with. Thank you so much for listening and watching. I hope you enjoyed Trump's speech as well. Please don't forget to help out the show. I really, really appreciate your support. Freedomainradio.com slash donate.